You fool. Sounds like a harsh thing for God to say to someone. And yet in my case, it actually applies. Right? Every single time that I have chosen a moment of sin over an eternity of glory, fool is a charitable thing to call me. And yet I do it. And I guess, I'm guessing that you all might as well, right? I think we're all fellow fools here because we do that. We put our focus on the here and now and forget and neglect the eternal hereafter. And to call us fools is an understatement. And yet, dear fellow fools, there's hope for us. Because Jesus tells us over the course of last week and this week the the secret of where we're getting it wrong and how we can get it right. Where we're getting it wrong is that we are seeking the wrong thing. And we get what we seek. That's the great secret is that you actually do find what you were looking for. Whatever you focus on, that, that's typically uh, where your mind's going to be at and where you're going to end up. And so if what I'm always and only seeking is this earth, what I'm only ever going to get is this earth. If all of my heart's desires are things of this world, the things of this world are going to be dust and ash someday. So is this heart. If this is all that I care about, this is all that I'm going to get. And I'm going to spend an eternity mourning the loss of all of these things that I set my heart on. Or if I set my mind and my heart on something higher, I can spend all of eternity with that something more, that something higher, that something that my, law, my heart actually longs for. Right? What was it that Jesus said last week? He said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And to the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. The one who seeks, finds. And we find what we were seeking. So the big question is, what what do you seek? Day in, day out, what are you actually looking for? Do you seek the Lord or do you seek anything else? Because you will find it. Well, when you look in the mirror, what are you seeking? What are you looking for? Are you just seeking all the imperfections, all the blemishes, all the things that you can hate? Because guess what? You're going to find them. (laughs) The more you look for them, the more you'll find them. When you look at your spouse, do you seek the shortcomings? The annoyances, the frustrations, the past wounds, the things that they have done or said years, even decades ago. If you seek those things, that's what you're going to find. And pretty soon, that's all you're going to find. And because you keep seeking the negative, you are blind to the positive. And you end up resenting or even hating the person that you once loved so much. When you look at your family, do you just see, seek the dysfunction? And is that where you put all of your attention and you think, oh man, if only we were like them, then maybe we'd be something. But look at us. Ugh, we do this and we do that. If that's what you're seeking, that's what you're going to find. 
Now, I'm not advocating uh, that we uh, turn a blind eye to things that need our attention. No, no, no. Where there are problems, yes, we should search for solutions. But are we seeking the problem more than we're seeking the solution? I think far too often the answer is yes. Because you see, in the Lord's parable, when he says, You fool, this night your life will be demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? He's not saying there you're not allowed to have a savings account, or you're not allowed to plan for retirement. What he's saying is, you're seeking your happiness in this, and this, all of it, your health, your wealth, your family, your reputation, every single bit of that can be taken away from you like that. And if that is all you ever sought, and that is all you ever found, then you're looking at a, an eternity of misery. But if you sought more than that, if all of the blessings God gave you, you redirected back to Him and you said like, Lord, in all of this, This isn't where I'm seeking my happiness. I still seek my happiness only in you. And so since you've given me more, I'm going to give to those who have none. If that is the way that we treat the blessings that we've received, finally life makes a little bit more sense. Because you may have thought about that before. Like why? Why is it that some are born with so much and others are born with so little? Well, it might be that those who were born with so much are being called by the Lord to help those who were born with so little. That that God has humanity as this interconnected family. And, And the only reason why he's ever blessed you with more is so that you can bless those who have less. And that those who have less can receive charity through God's instruments in those who have more. It's not that God kind of designed it in an unfair way, and it's just something that we need to be bitter and upset about. It's that God is calling every single one of us to play some kind of a role in his providential plan. So if I have two, I've got to give to the one who has none. It's not so that I can build a second garage so that I can fit my two in there. Seek and you will find. If you seek misery, that's what you're going to find. Right? If you're just seeking the imperfections in yourself, your spouse, your family, your life, that's what you're going to find. And if that's what you focus on, misery is what you'll have. If you look through your own life story and the only thing that you're seeking are those moments that you've been a victim, those places where you've been hurt, of how unfair your life has been, that's what you're going to find. That's all you're going to find. And you're going to miss all these blessings because what you're seeking is too low. You're not seeking the Lord in your life story. You're seeking self-pity. And you're going to be the only one in that pity party. And it's going to be sad. So how do we seek more than the goods of this earth? How do we seek more than always the negative? Well, what's the first thing that we do in the morning? I'm getting out of the habit of having my alarm on my phone. Because that was creating a terrible habit that the first thing I reached for was the phone. And as I turn off the alarm, I see some messages and I think, oh gosh, why did I waste all that time asleep? I mean, the world's going on. Like I need to do this and I need to do that. 
oh, and then there are these updates. Oh, maybe I need to ch- read this article or check this news story. And may- maybe I'll even get onto social media for a little bit. And then like, you know, two hours later, oh my gosh, whoa, whoa, where's my day gone? Because I just kept scrolling and scrolling. And I ended up seeking a distraction or cheap entertainment or the attention of others or the news cycle. And in all of that, I missed seeking the Lord. And if I seek just the news of this world, all I'll get is the news of this world and I'll miss the good news of Jesus Christ. All I seek is the attention of others or knowledge of what they're doing in their lives through their feeds. That's all I'm going to get. But I'm not going to have a real relationship with them because it's not going to be one that is uh, animated by the love that I receive from God. I'm only going to be able to love them with my puny little heart instead of a heart enlivened by grace and made more in the image of the sacred heart. So what do I do? First thing in the morning, instead of reaching for that phone, instead of going straight for the to-do list, seeking uh, uh, whatever it is, that, whatever tasks I have on hand, instead of seeking the news cycle or seeking social media, I seek the Lord. And, and, and what's beautiful is that when we wake up, he's already there, right? It's as if he's there drinking his coffee and he just looks over and says like, oh, you're up. Good morning. And at that moment, I have a choice to ignore him or not. To either say like, yeah, good morning. This is, uh, man, I had the weirdest dream. And to just like actually have a talk with him. Or to ignore him and say, I have much more important things to do. Namely, responding to these messages or checking social media or the news or whatever the case may be. If I seek Jesus first, I will find him. And if I do a very simple thing of seeking him throughout the day, I will find him. And so that first conversation of the day, Jesus is there saying, hey, well, what do you have planned today? I could ignore him and say, like, that's my business. Or I could say, you know what? This is what I have planned today. I know that at... uh, uh, I'm going to have breakfast with this person and then afterwards I need to do a little bit of work and oh man, it's such tedious work. I hate doing this particular thing. And Jesus might say, oh, well, can I come? And at that point when I say, no, 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 this is my stuff. Like I'll, I'll meet you again in prayer later on today. And he says, well, I mean, I'd love to accompany you to all of those meetings. I'd love to be with you when you do that work. And there he's saying, if you seek me in those moments, you will find me. If you invite me, I will accompany you. But if all you seek and all of those are the things that you dread within them, then, yeah, you're not going to find Jesus. You're just going to find the misery that you were expecting to find. If before I meet with somebody who I know is notoriously difficult, every conversation I've had with them, ugh, it's like um, excruciating. If that's what I'm thinking of beforehand, guess what? It's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Of course, that's going to happen. If I expect to hate it, I'm going to hate it. And really, the same is the case with Mass. If we come to Mass expecting like, all right, got to do this again, you know, (sighs) listen to a sermon that's going to go on for however long and then sing a song that maybe I like it, maybe I don't. I don't know if the temperature is going to be exactly what I want there and I just don't even know why I do this, but you know what, I'm going to... If that's what you're thinking, that's what you're going to get. 
Or if you come to Mass and you seek entertainment, whew, you're going to get some subpar entertainment. Because that's not what it's about. If you come here wishing to be entertained, you're going to leave frustrated every time. So you're going to say, like, where, was the, where were the lights and the smoke and the, 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 the fun stuff? And we're going to say, sorry, like, uh, well, actually, we do have smoke when we have incense, but that's beside the point. <laughs> we don't have a smoke machine, I should say. But if you come seeking entertainment, you will leave frustrated every week. If you come seeking the Lord, you will leave fulfilled every week. If you come here thinking, I just, I, I hope that I'm not bored. I hope that this and that, your hopes, I'm sorry. You're going to be bored. That's just part of the, the experience. Is that the parts of Mass are going to be boring because parts of life are boring. But that's only if you're seeking entertainment. If you're seeking the Lord, you will find Him. If you come to Mass thinking, what do I have to offer the Lord? My life this week. I give myself to him. I bring to him all of my intentions and my presence here is my offering. Then something beautiful occurs because your experience of mass is no longer dependent on the externals. Who's the priest? Who's preaching? How long is he preaching? Is it good? Who's doing the music? Is it songs that I like? Is it songs that I don't like? Am I sitting by somebody that I, uh, that I like or somebody that kind of annoys me? Is it too hot? Is it too cold? All of those things become secondary because they're part of your offering that you are giving to Jesus. And that's on you. If you seek him in the mass, you will find him. If you seek something else, you will be disappointed and frustrated. And so we start each morning. Our cup of coffee, Jesus has his, and we're talking about our day. And we go through the calendar and he says, okay, can, you, can, can I come with you to that, to that, to this other thing? And then throughout the day, we seek him. We seek Jesus in those difficult moments where otherwise we would be just seeking to be disappointed and frustrated. Instead, we say, I'm not going to seek that. I'm going to seek Jesus in this person. I'm going to seek Jesus in this menial task that I hate. I'm going to seek Jesus every single moment of this day. If you seek him, you will find him. And then at the end of the day, something beautiful happens. As you're getting ready for bed, Jesus is there. He says, hey, how was your day? You want to talk about it? And we have the choice once more to say, no, sorry, Jesus, I'm busy. It was quite a day. Like some other day I'll talk to you. Or we can say, you really care? Yeah, yeah, so this is how the day went. And we can review that day. And we can say, yeah, I, I said I was going to seek you and I didn't seek you a single time. I'm, I'm sorry. And then we can think, like, what prevented me from seeking you in that moment? Oh, this was going on in my heart. Maybe, maybe when I'm extra tired or extra hungry, it's, it's a little harder for me to seek you. Okay, maybe... I'll note that and I'll try to do better in the future. In this particular situation, I, I habitually ignore you. Oh, I'm going to try to do better. And you have that calm conversation. So you've reviewed your day. Jesus says like, oh man, I'm glad that we had this chat. And you can go to sleep peacefully, knowing that you wrapped your day up by reviewing it with the Lord. And then you wake up the next day and you realize he's waiting for a whole new conversation, for a whole new day of you seeking him and finding him. If you seek Jesus, you will find Jesus. If you seek misery, you will find misery. If you seek hell, hell is what you will find. If you seek heaven, heaven is where you will end up.